What is up guys, this is Jay here, Jay Media one and today we are back with the Tech Weekly Wrap-Up. Today we got some cool news in tech. We got how to avoid scams. The first, never paying gift cards. Uh, this year in Marvel, took over your TV. We got Clearview AI, set to go patent for controversial facial recognition tech. Twitter says it mistakenly suspended accounts after new policies spurred malicious reports. And the PlayStation plans to launch new subscription game services. So we are going to just get started. So let's go guys. So the first question we have is are you being scammed? Here's how to know and what to do. So the call, text, or email might seem on the up and up at first. It might say you want a cash prize or that your computer needs updating. Or on a darker note, that you owe back taxes and you need to be paid or you risk going to jail. Of course the scammers say you can easily take care of all these situations with some money. Transfer it over to them in the form of a gift card. Does that sound weird? It should. Experts say it's a red flag that you're about to be scammed. For me, there are no legitimate reasons to give someone else a gift card as part of any legitimate transaction apart from a holiday or birthday, especially someone that you don't know," said Jonathan Couch, Senior Vice President for Strategy at the cybersecurity firm Threat Quotent. If you respond by hanging up the phone or deleting that mail or text, it should put a stop to things. But the sad thing is, a lot of people don't. Millions of dollars are stolen each year through gift card scams. Scammers love gift cards because they're easy for victims to buy and hard to trace. Essentially, they're like cash, said Avif Graffy, chief technology officer and founder of cybersecurity firm Votero. Once they're gone, they're gone. Which is why you may notice signs on the shelves next to gift cards at local stores warning you that if anyone is asking you to pay for anything in gift cards, it is trying to scam you. So heed this message if nothing else. No legitimate business will ever ask for payment in gift cards. Neither will any government agency, lawyer, tech support professional, or online dating site. Someone asks you to pay them in gift cards, just hang up. So how do you spot these scams? Well, many of these scams will start with emails or robocalls and then move to where you speak with somebody couch said person on the phone will use social engineering to try to convince you to buy the gift cards then read them the numbers over the phone some scammers will try to convince victims that they work for the internal revenue service and are seeking the payments of taxes then they ask for that payment in the form of gift cards others make no bones about the fact that they are criminals claiming that they've taken over a victim's bank account and threatened to empty it if they don't get paid with gift cards in some cases scammers will even convince victims that they're going to send them money couch said they'll convince victims to hand over access to a computer by asking them to install a remote connection with an app like TeamViewer or LogMeIn. Then they'll ask the victims to log into their bank account to check that transfer went through. Don't be a victim to this guys. This is going around big time this year and it does pretty much every year but I think this year it's getting more and more prominent. While victims are on their banking site the scammers will modify the web page code to show a transfer of money that's bigger than the one promised he said. Then the scammers will ask for a refund of the difference in the form of gift cards but in reality that transfer money doesn't exist. One of the more convincing scams involves people impersonating CEOs or other high-ranking officials at companies said Ronnie Tozinski, principal threat advisor for the fish prevention firm Covence. The scammers will email or they'll text employees at a given company saying that they need somewhere in the range of 500 to 2,000 to reward employees 
or perhaps for gifts for family members. In addition, through the tech support scams, which often involve convincing victims that their computer is infected by a virus or needs to be updated, still primarily ask victims to pay with a credit card, some of the people behind those scams are now also asking for gift cards, Tukowski said. Why gift cards? Gift cards are popular among scammers because they're easy to sell and virtually untraceable, said Peter Arts, malware intelligence researcher for the antivirus provider Malwarebytes. And unlike with credit cards, these charges can't be reversed. There aren't any built-in customer protections. Once the card is used, the money is gone for good. If you do it right, they are more anonymous than Bitcoin, Arndt said, noting that they can't. They can be bought, sold, and exchanged anonymously. On top of that, they don't leave a paper or a digital trail because most don't require the physical card to be used. So what do you do if you think you've been scammed? Usually with these types of scams, the cyber criminals are just after your money, and they rarely install malware or spyware on their victims' computers. But if you did give a scammer a remote access to your computer, you should remove that access, Arndt said. In the U.S., you can report the scam to the Federal Trade Commission, which is the main federal agency that collects those reports, he said. Giving the entity that's being impersonated a heads up can be helpful. Also, if you think you're being targeted because of your job, you should report it to your employer, experts say. If you do think your work computer has been infected through the scam, contact your IT department. As for getting your money back, that's not going to happen. Much to the scammer's benefit, gift cards don't come with the same fraud protection as traditional bank cards do. As Graphy notes, once the money on your card is gone, it is gone. Clearview AI is set to get a patent for controversial facial recognition tech. The news comes as facial recognition systems are being more widely adopted, despite a lack of clear of rules regarding their use. Clearview AI, the company behind a controversial facial recognition system that scrapes social media sites to add pictures of people to its database, is on the cusp of receiving a patent for its technology. The company confirmed Saturday that the U.S. Trademark and Patent Office had set it to notice of allowance, which means Clearview application is set to be granted once the company pays administration fees. News in the notice was reported earlier Saturday by Politico, which says critics worry that granting of the pattern could speed up the development of of similar technologies before lawmakers have had time to come to the grips with them. Clearview AI Systems, which is used by law enforcement agencies including the FBI and Department of Homeland Security, has been criticized for feeding its database of billions of images by trawling social media sites and harvesting pictures of people without their consent. The company says that the pictures gathers are publicly available and thus should be fair game. But the approach has prompted cease and desist letters from Facebook, Twitter, and others. And officials in Australia, Britain, and Canada have called out the company over private data laws as well. Clearview CEO Hone Tong has said that the company is meant to identify criminal suspects and not as a surveillance tool that Clearview is committed to the responsible use of its technology, including working with policymakers on facial recognition protocols. On Saturday, the company told CNET in a statement that we do not intend to make a consumer-grade version of Clearview AI. Critics have said that the apps or other consumer versions of technology could potentially lead to passerby capture of your image with a smartphone and then uncover personal data about you. In many instances, it may be desirable for an individual to know more about a person that they meet, such as through business, dating, or relationship, patent application says. Adding that traditional methods like asking questions, doing internet searches, or running background checks can fall short. Therefore, a strong need exists for an improved method and a system to obtain information about a person. And 
selectively provide the information based on predetermined criteria. Facial recognition systems in general have been criticized for inaccuracy that sometimes leads to false arrest and other problems. In particular, the systems have trouble when it comes to recognizing people of color and women. Privacy advocates also worry about the potential for stifling dissent through, for instance, surveilling political demonstrations and protests. On the other hand, the law enforcement officers say that the systems have been used to solve crimes for shoplifting to child sexual exploitation to murder. Clearview told Political that it doesn't know of any instances where the technology led to a wrongful arrest, and that publication notes that Clearview technology was to be a highly accurate in a recent audit by the Commerce Department's National Institute of Standards and Technology. As a person of mixed race, such accuracy is especially important to me, Tom that has said. Lawmakers are still wrestling with how best to regulate facial recognition. In the U.S., a handful of states and cities have rules, but there aren't any federal laws governing the technology. That's despite the fact that the systems are widespread and growing number of U.S. agencies use them. In June, the Government Accountability Office said that 20 U.S. agencies were using facial recognition systems, but the, many of these organizations lack the essential functions and information about them. 13 federal agencies do not have awareness of what non-federal with the facial recognition technology are used by employees, the GAO said at this time. The agencies have not therefore fully assessed the potential risk of using these systems, such as risk related to privacy and accuracy. This is very interesting because there is a lot of facial recognition technology out there and there are a lot of people that don't even understand that that is being used every day for them potentially and against them and so this is a very interesting and as technology increases we have to draw the line of what is morally what is ethically correct and so i think this is a this is definitely something to look into in the future. Twitter says it mistakenly suspended accounts after a new policy spurred malicious reports. A ban on sharing media of private individuals was misused by some far-right activists to report anti-extremist research and journalists, according to the Washington Post. Twitter said it suspended accounts by mistake after a new photo policy prompted a series of coordinated and malicious reports, according to the Washington Post on Friday. Those reports targeted anti-extremist research and journalists. Earlier this week, Twitter expanded its private information policy to ban the sharing of photos and videos of private individuals without their consent. This should have been something that was implemented long, long time ago. Twitter representative told CNET that after the new policy rolled out, we became aware of a significant amount of coordinated and malicious reports, and fortunately, our enforcement teams made several errors. We corrected those errors and are undergoing an internal review to make certain that this policy is used as intended to curb the misuse of media to harass or intimidate private individuals. According to the Washington Post, soon after the updated policy was introduced, a group of far-right activists and white supremacists began urging their followers to file reports against accounts that are used to identify neo-Nazis, monitor extremists, and document the attendees of hate rallies. A Twitter representative told the publication that there were dozens of erroneous suspensions. It's not clear how many reports were filed in total. The new policy doesn't apply to public figures if the media and tweet our public interest, but content featuring those people can be taken down if Twitter finds it's being shared to harass, intimidate, or use fear to silence them. PlayStation plans to launch new subscription game service, a report says. New service will be reportedly merging Sony's existing subscriptions, PlayStation Plus, and PlayStation and Now. Sony reportedly plans to launch a new subscription game service for its PlayStation consoles that'll compete with the Microsoft 
Xbox Game Pass. The new service, expected to launch next year, will let people pay a monthly subscription fee to get access to a catalog of modern and classic games, according to a report Friday from Bloomberg. The new service will reportedly merge Sony's existing subscriptions, PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now, PS Plus and PS Now, both offer online access to games. They have a little overlapping content. Sony plans to stick with PlayStation Plus branding, but phase out the PlayStation Now, according to Bloomberg. The new service is reported expected to be available on the PS5 and PS4. Sony will offer three tiers of new service according to Bloomberg, though it is unclear of how much each tier will cost. PS Plus and PS Now both currently cost $10 or $60 a year. The first tier would reportedly include existing benefits of PS Plus, while the second would offer a larger catalog of PS4 and PS5 games. The third tier would add in extended demos, game streaming, and a library of PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP games, according to Bloomberg. PlayStation didn't immediately respond to request. The year Marvel shows took over your TV. Disney Plus became indispensable entertainment this year, with WandaVision, The Falcon, and Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, and Hawkeye appearing as steady clip. After an intergalactic time-traveling war and a silly trip to Europe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe had a quiet 2020, prompted by the pandemic and subsequent lockdowns. This year, MCU had a mountain of content at the ready leaning hard into TV via Disney+. Plus. New episodes of its five shows will come out 34 of the 52 weeks of the year. As 34 weeks of fan excitement, word of mouth recommendations, intense social media, and old school advertisement. It is an astounding blitz of content and was likely essential in getting Disney Plus to hit the 118.1 million subscribers within two years of launching. Market leader Netflix has around 214 million after about a decade. We've had Plenty of MCU TV shows before Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, the sixth Netflix series, and Truly Terrible in here. But their connections to the movies felt increasingly tenuous as their seasons wore on. They seemed to happen in tiny pockets of the Marvel world, while Avengers and their cinematic buddies explored the whole world. The Disney Plus show changed that all. Each of the four live-action series picked up on a plot threats left hanging after the events of Avengers Endgame, meaning that they feel utterly essential for fans. Much like the comic universe that spawn the MCU, we've hit the point where characters will move seamlessly between movies and shows. And unlike the one-shot effect of the movies, having the show stretch over several weeks meant that there were the stuff of virtual water cooler discussion for a longer period. Marvel movies made their tentative return as well, with Black Widow launching simultaneously in theaters and on Disney Plus premiere access. Shang-Chi and Legends of the Ten Rings and Eternals will hit the theaters first, as will Spider-Man No Way Home. Witch and Robot. Marvel kicked off its 2021 TV blitz through the media tropes in sitcom-inspired WandaVision, which ran from January 15th to March 5th. It didn't even feel much like a Marvel show at first, with the 1950s-style opening episode leaving us clueless about what was going on. However, the show's Marvel-ness gradually emerged over the course of its eight episodes, revealing how Wanda's Maximoff's grief over the death of her robot boyfriend Vision led her to bewitched the entire town into taking part in her idyllic TV-inspired fantasy existence.
Fans also theorized relentlessly about the show's true villain was, believing that the devil himself must be pulling Wanda's strings. The answers turned out to be hiding in plain sight, giving us one of the year's catchiest music jingles and setting up a spin-off TV show. It also appeared to rip open the fabric of MCU's reality through the appearance of a character from a different Marvel movie universe. But that storytelling possibly was seemingly cast aside with the cheap joke. Marvel's reality would remain intact for another few months at least. WandaVision proved to be a critical darling with a 77 critical average and 7.0 user score on CNET's sister site Metacritic. My S22 wishlist, 5 upgrades I want to see from the Samsung next year. Samsung's S22 could be coming soon and I have a few features that I want to see. The Galaxy S21 impressed us with its pro level camera, vibrant screen, and speedy processor. But now that the smartphone is nearly a year old, what will Samsung's rumored Galaxy S22 have in store? The Galaxy S22, which could arrive during a February unpacked event, is said to support a 200 megapixel sensor and a smaller display, among other features. As a demanding tech addict, I have my own wish list of features that I'd like to see in Samsung's upcoming phone. We've already had the launch of the Apple 13 and the Google Pixel 6. Those phones may well influence Samsung's plans for its own phone. Number 1. Galaxy S22 needs a better camera. The camera on the S21 Ultra is superb, with an awesome optical zoom that lets you get shots that few phones can compare to. But it wasn't a big upgrade over the 20. Both had 100 times zooms, both did 8K video, both had 108 megapixel sensors. The S20 Ultra was a big leap forward, the S21 Ultra just refined it slightly. It's time for a bigger update, and some rumors suggest a 200 megapixel sensor and much improved zoom systems on the S22 Ultra. That would be lovely but more megapixel doesn't necessarily mean better photos. So I'd also like to see an even bigger image sensor, maybe a one inch sensor. It's no secret that a bigger image sensor allows for better dynamic range in a photo. If Samsung paired that resolution with a big sensor capable of capturing tons of light and contrast details, it could have an absolutely astonishing camera system on its hands. But Samsung needs to make sure that its software is on point too. There are more advances needed to allow for improved computational photography and better raw image capture. Apple's Pro Raw has blown me away. It can capture beautiful HDR images that still give me full control over editing and apps like Adobe Lightroom, just as I would like any raw from a DSLR. Samsung software isn't quite at that level and I'd like to see more focus here. Samsung, please give us expandable storage back. Samsung used to allow you to expand the base storage of its phones with microSD cards, but it removed that option with the S21 range. This means that you're stuck with only the phone's built-in storage. That might not be an issue on lower models in the range, particularly if you don't shoot a lot of video or play many demanding games. But if you're into your photos and videos and you plump for the Ultra model, the base storage can be limiting. If you shoot 8K photos on the S21 Ultra, you'll know that you can fill up that storage quickly. And it'll go even faster if Samsung brings 200 megapixel photos to the S22. I can't even begin to imagine how big those files might be. The 512 maximum storage currently available on the S21 Ultra won't last long. Even if you're not into photography, there are plenty of glossy games on the Google Play Store, such as Asphalt 9 Legends, that are multiple gigabytes in size and may result in you having to delete other apps or media in order to make room. Popping in a micro SD card would allow you to dramatically increase the storage by one terabyte or more, which would give a huge amount of space for all your apps and videos. But then Samsung wouldn't be able to charge you for extra or higher capacity model, so don't cross your fingers on this one. The S22 should have a dedicated AMD graphics. The S21 series 
series already offers up superb performance all around, but a partnership between Samsung and graphics chip manufacturer AMD has had us hoping for a big leap forward in graphics power and gaming applications. This partnership actually happened back in 2019, but so far Samsung hasn't stuffed any kind of AMD hardware into its phone. I would love to see a dedicated AMD graphics on the S22 line that pushes the boundaries of what we would expect from mobile gaming. Sure, some games already come close to rivaling quality you'd expect on older consoles, but if Samsung and AMD would give you that processing power, it'd be a big push forward, and it could allow for more console standard games to make their way on the phones, turning your headset into a capable mobile gaming console. A lot of people want a smaller Galaxy phone. Today's top-end phones with the best specs are, let's face it, huge. The S21 Ultra measures a whopping 6.8 inches, while even Apple's iPhone 12 Pro Max comes in at 6.68 inches. That means that if you want the best performance and the best camera, you've got to be prepped to stretch out those jean pockets to accommodate a massive slab of a phone, and maybe start some thumb exercises to help stretch them across the screen. I'd love to see smaller versions, 6 inches or under, but don't force you to compromise on performance. There are rumors suggesting that the base S22 models might get a little reduction in screen size, which is great news if you have smaller hands. There's unlikely to be any real size reduction in the top-end Ultra model. So yet again, we're likely to be in a situation where buying a smaller phone size means that you're missing out on those top-end features. Excuse me while I go and sew expansion panels into my pockets. The S22 price needs to be more affordable. Sure, we all want the best tech and we all want it wrapped into a slick design packed with cool new features, but we also want it to be affordable. That's a difficult combination to achieve, but Samsung did manage to make its S21 range cheaper than the preceding S20 series. It needed to, as the S20 series didn't sell well, in part due to financial uncertainty around COVID-19. Samsung employed a range of tactics to make the S21 range more affordable. They included swapping out the glass backs on some models for strengthened plastic, and you know what? It worked, and it also knocked a decent amount off the asking price. While the base Galaxy S20 went on sale for a thousand bucks, the base S21 undercut it at $800. So I'm keen to see similar decisions being made with the S22 that will allow for a great all-around mobile experience at an approachable price. So what am I asking for is super-powered AMD-equipped phone with the world's best camera that also fit in the palm of your hand. That's reasonably priced and lets you expand the storage on the cheap. That's not too much to ask for, is it Samsung? Come on guys, step it up. So that's it for this week's wrap-up in tech. Today is Sunday, December 5th. We are going to try to do a wrap-up in tech every week every sunday we're going to be live at 9 a.m pacific time thank you guys for listening to the podcast make sure to check out jaymediaone.com for the latest and coolest tech we also have a youtube channel check out our youtube for cool unboxings and tutorials on tech every day thank you again guys for listening and we will see you guys next time later guys <music>